Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, November 12th, 2021. Episode number 207. 11, 12, 21. Episode 207. Sounds like we're writing code now. 1, 1, 1, 2, 2, 0, 2, 1. It, uh, that's that's a lot some of kind of Cody, like Cody, zero one zero 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 one zero 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 one. I don't know. I'm not a coder. What's up, Scotty? Not much, man. I just uh, had a whole weekend of doing nothing. I watched a lot of NASCAR. I watched the Denver Broncos beat up on the the Dallas Cowboys, which made me happy because around here it's a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans. Yeah. And uh, watched Kyle Larson win his first ever NASCAR championship, and I was. Uh, I, 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 he deserved it. You know, after the year he had sitting out the year before, kicking everybody's butt in sprint cars, late models, midgets, it doesn't matter what he was driving, he's winning. So now he's a, a, a NASCAR champion. There you go. At the, t- at the highest level, too. That's pretty badass. Yeah. One would say that uh, that race Sunday was won by his pit crew at that last stop, but. He definitely earned that championship. That was his tenth win, what on the season. So you get ten wins in a season, um, and yeah. he's he was running up front the races he didn't win too. So I mean, right, and and he had like six seconds on top. You know, oh yeah, he had a win streak going for a long time. But oh, yeah. you know, the cream definitely rises to the top. The top four in the championship were in the top four most of the race. I think you know Kyle made an early pit, put him at the back, but he worked his way back to the front. I think one of the one of the guys finished fifth, but you know. I think the championship four earned their spots and they, they showed why they were the championship four. All right. Do you want to get into the conversation we were having before we hopped on or no? Right, let's debate no, it live. Enough, let's do it. We don't have enough time. We do. We got time. We, there's always, there's right. always time to debate this. And okay. I, I, before, I just don't before, talk. It's NASCAR. It's the I, only reason I'm asking. Right. Because you used to work for NASCAR. But <laughs> what I want to know is in our notes, we have a couple of things before we get into our little debate. Cause I want to make sure we get these in here. Okay. Okay, so Kevin Varnes pulling a carter ring or pulling a carter? So, yeah, no, uh, he wrote me the that. other night. I guess he was coming home from a race like they do all the time. You know the Varnes crew, mm-hmm. like they are no strangers right. to like just driving home after at 11 o'clock at night to make sure they get home the next morning. Um, That's what we do. But he, he actually used my name as a verb, which I thought was pretty funny. So um, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't. Well, I actually used the word cartering, but he's like, I pulled a carter, which is basically <laughs> saying that he stayed up all night, didn't sleep. Um, but yep. I thought it was funny because they they usually are the ones that are all all over riding all night, all through the night to get yeah. to back to home to work to work the next day. But uh, well, but a yeah, lo- a lot uh, of racers, a lot of racers have to do that. I mean, that's what me and my dad did my entire racing career, unless we were trying to pull an all nighter to get to another race. Yeah. And then pull an all nighter to get home. I mean, we did that, too. But uh, you got to do what you got to do. And that's why you got bunks in the van. So one person's sleeping while the other person's driving and you just switch off. Yeah, that was uh, that was one thing that we were chatting on the socials. And then I saw this. Uh, did you see this? Dr. Pepper root beer thing, dude. I did. I did. So it, it's Kristen's cameraman. And, and it's crazy because Kristen's cameraman is Brian. Brian. Brian works Brian works with AFT. Yeah. He also works in Arena Cross. Well, he also did the Enduro Cross. So we're like the three amigos that are, we all work in the same area, but we don't see each other yeah. all that much, except for maybe crossing paths here and there. But yeah, he mixed... He was at a fountain drink, so let me clear that up. So he went to the Dr. Pepper first, had ice in it, Dr. Pepper first, and then put root beer in there. Oof. I, I've never tried that. I've tried 
like a cherry Dr. Pepper or vanilla root beer, but I, I'm sorry, a cherry Dr. Pepper or vanilla Dr. Pepper, but I've never tried root beer and Dr. Pepper uh, combination. It's, it's pretty funny because it's like it was the first day that I started following this guy on social media on Instagram, and I saw that. Perfect. And it, it started like a, a five, ten minute conversation between you and I. And from because <laughs> for me, like, you know, back in the day when you're at Little League, you know, you, the suicide, where suicide. You hit all of them. Or like there's like a hurricane. Even, even, or, even diet. It yeah, doesn't yeah. Matter. You shit, do throw it all in there. It's all good. All the sugar from all the other ones will make up for and it. It's like, a, mm. Mm, it tastes so good, even though it probably tastes like garbage, right? Yeah, um, but yeah. like, I was like, that's blasphemy. Scotty's gonna hate it. But it, there's a second, like the other half of me is like, I gotta try that. I like yeah, your beer. Yeah. I like Dr Pepper. Dude, if if we could try it with a Dr Pepper and a Sprecher. Well, this is what I was really thinking about. Is like. All it's really doing is adding a root beer flavor to Dr. Pepper because there's already 23 right. flavors there. Right, right. And, and it tastes like heaven. Root beer, though. 23. Sprecher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely not a Sprecher root beer that he put in yeah. with it. No, it was, it was Barks. It was at the uh, fountain drink. Talking about getting derailed, and then you're going to bring up... Then we're going to bring up all this. Um, what were we going to talk about? We were going to debate... Oh, the championship yes. in NASCAR. Well, it's no debate. It's no debate. Well, here, here's... Uh, okay, so the racer side of me says, I don't want it to come down to one race. You race 35 races, and one race determines your fate. I mean, what, what if you have a bad... What if you have a flat tire? What if... There's so many what ifs, and it all comes down to one race. So you have to... You race 35 weeks just to make it to one race to try to do good in one race i don't i don't like it all right so this is Your this turn. is first of all let's start a clock Damn. i haven't Your worked turn. for nascar since 2015 i don't like debating nascar because i don't work there anymore i don't feel like i need to defend the decisions or anything but the chase system is the best thing that nascar has ever done for the I, excitement I of that. the playoffs and in any sport across any discipline Right. There's a million what ifs at a championship game. I think that right. it's built such a conversation around the championship and the fact that four riders, those four riders deserve drivers. to be in that position. Drivers. See, but see, when I first started, I was saying drivers, mm-hmm. not riders. The other way around. Right. But Nassi is in a great full circle. Yep. Anyways, yep. so those drivers, all four of them deserve to be there. But Correct. All four of them went through those stages of the chase to get to that final race. And I'm with you. Right. It, it it could have they could have a shit race, but any race could be a shit race for a driver. And right. the championship game or race is the is the stage or the platform to me where you throw those people in there and if some people might choke and hey shit, sometimes you've seen a Super Bowl where the other team chokes. Bad yeah. day. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get that part. Here's another wrench into it. There's 36 other guys out there trying to win that race. Yep. They could become a factor. They didn't on Sunday. And it definitely, it was obvious the top four were the top four for a reason. But, you know, I just, I feel like it should be maybe a three-race series between those top four, top four guys. I did kind of feel bad for everybody else in the field. Like, there was wrecks. They didn't go to the the care center one time i wanted to hear from bubba wallace i wanted to right. hear how pissed off he was at cory lajoy i wanted to hear from you know somebody else that might have had an issue they didn't do any of that on sunday it was all about the championship four i don't i don't even know where anybody else finished they only covered the championship four yeah i mean that's 
what, yeah, what if my that's, guy, that's what a whole, if my guy was what if my guy wasn't in the top four? That's a whole nother discussion that I could that's probably true. start a whole nother <laughs> podcast on about covering you, each individual team and every team has a story and mm-hmm. that's right. I mean, but you've seen it throughout the years. You saw it through like yep. Junior Earnhardt. Like they always focus on the big drivers, big teams. Even Danica, when Danica was racing, how many times did you hear right. about Danica when she wasn't even? Anyways, every race. Enough. I I digress. It's the last time I'm going to talk yep. about NASCAR on this podcast. No way. We got to talk. <laughs> it's, it's racing. There's no flat track going on, dude. I did. Year. I am super stoked to see Larson win, though. I mean, for him to yeah, go and, and race, keep racing last year, win on the dirt tracks, ah. and come back and and be now a NASCAR champion at the highest level. Good on you, brother. Good stuff. And, and the night before, they finished at night. The Xfinity class. Hemrick hadn't won a race in any of the three series. He wins it coming to the line, beats Sendrick. Uh, that was that was great. And, you know, it was racing. Yeah, they, there was contact in turns three and four, but that's why we raced. It was awesome. I'm telling you, that Xfinity race is when, when NASCAR made the decision to put a championship series or a championship weekend there in Phoenix. That's exactly that's how why. they saw it going that's down. And, I mean, that that's track... They wanted. That track could play out like that every every series on that weekend. So, like, it, it's any track could. But, I mean, it's the way Phoenix I, is laid out and the changes they've made over the past couple of years with that facility, right. it's pretty. It's a nice right. little place to end the season. I like and, it. And, you know, Miami kind of got stagnant. It was, it was, it was kind of boring. You know, the racing wasn't – it didn't come down to the wire like it right. did in Phoenix. And, and the people using the, the infield, people using the, yep. the, 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 the short corner in turns one and two – uh, they put the, the traction compound up there. I think I think they did a great job. Uh, I'm not a huge NASCAR fan, but there was nothing else to watch. I, I am a, a huge Kyle Larson fan, though, and that's why I watched it. I, I just think it's the part that I will argue with and say that I don't like is the, the chances of those top four really running top four the entire race. Nobody raced them like they would race them if it wasn't a championship race. Right. To me, right. that's yeah. what was cool about it is that they were in a mix with other racers. Now they just kind of let those four go and race it out in the front. And I get that to some extent, right. but right, I want I want to see some racing. Like, was were people holding back? Was William Byron holding I, back because his teammates up there? You know, um, I don't know. I, I know Chase Elliott and Larson were racing each other tough, but I don't know if anybody else was on the Hendrick squad. And there's just um, like yeah, the Gibbs and the the Gibbs and the Hendrick thing. Like I don't know, man. Well, and and then Penske got up there for just like one restart. They were up there third and fourth, and then they they were gone. You know, are, were they letting the top four race for a championship? I don't know. It kind of looked that way. Enough. All this right. isn't a NASCAR Into podcast. NASCAR. Flat track. All right. Let's so get let's back get two wheel. Yeah, now that I have like ten minutes of record time left, we're good. Dude, uh, this one is this one's really good. Uh, oh yeah. You made an audible. You made an audible to throw this one in here. We recorded it a few minutes ago, and this is uh, this is a good one. It's a huge event coming up, and I think this event's going to get bigger and bigger. It's a first time event. Uh, added a building where they used to race 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, last time I kind of, this this stage for this it was kind of like a Capital City Speedway where they hadn't raced in Richmond in 20 years. Um, right. And there's a lot of excited fans that, I, I, you know, but there's there's no, uh, Pennsylvania is no stranger to flat track racing. And especially this part of the country, or this part of the state, I hear is, you know, a hotbed for where a lot of riders have come from. So, um, I don't know. It, it's something that Left Out might be going up there and, and helping out a little bit to, to cover, too. So I figured 
um, you know, just talking to Johnny might be worth. He was just on uh, some other podcast that I hear that talks about flat track uh, a time or two uh, every couple weeks. So uh, just he's making the rounds, talking to all the all the podcasts about this event. Um, and we tried to get uh, the sister to come on, but uh, schedules didn't <laughs> didn't work. So it's just Johnny. But I mean, or, there's or she or she chickened out. Yeah, I don't whatever. know what the deal is, but maybe. I don't, um, I, I don't know her, uh, but. It, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's plenty to go through. So let's, uh, you want to just get right to it? It's Johnny Lewis and the Fall Classic. JL Tim, what's up? Not much, Scotty. How are you? I'm great, man. I, uh, I kind of heard you've been making the rounds on the podcast scene, and I'm glad you say the best for last. Yeah, you know, I, I got to practice. I haven't been on that much this year. I feel like, you know, we had a thing going. I kind of thought I was going to be like, keeping it on the groove with Johnny Lewis, part of like the off the groove with Scotty Dubler, like kind of co-host thing, but I just yeah, never yeah. got that call. So I kind of had to, you know, you know, test the waters a little bit and, and get some practice and then get on here and, you know, uh, try to try to amp up some stuff I got going on. I see. Well, I, you know, I check my phone every day for text messages from Johnny Lewis and I haven't received any. So, you know, it's kind of a two way street. Yeah, about that. Um, you know, we got 17 days until my my race is coming up. Um, I have not really returned too too many people's conver- uh, texts lately, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, it, then then I should be honored you're taking the time to come talk to us here on Off the Groove, and I appreciate it. No, it's it's always a pleasure. Cool. Before we stop, you know, stop in and and talk about your big event, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about the 21. 21- 21 season finished seventh in the points you you miss you know a few rounds because you had other other things going on you decided not to race a few rounds which i understand but then you won lima six top fives uh were you satisfied with your with your progress of the royal infield team yeah you know the races we missed were just the miles just basically uh you know we we were having a couple issues with the motor still um, breaking a couple pieces and parts, you know, he, he actually broke a lot of races, but still obviously we're able to finish, um, you know, so that, that was a, a big change from the year before. Um, you know, if you look at how we did those races, uh, we were, we were consistent every time, you know, we were top five. It was really cool. Um, you know, to see the progression and actually get laps this year, um, based of last year, you know, it was such a quick seven weeks by the time I got the bike race two days after and then it was just you know with the COVID schedule is back to back to back to back to back and we didn't get much time on the bike so this this year you know it was a it was a big improvement it was pretty cool we just launched the uh the last video of the Royal Enfield North America you know mode anatomy race program on the interweb today on YouTube so if you check out uh, Royal Enfield North America uh YouTube page you'll see the latest um latest video kind of talking about the season and you know the ups and downs but like the ups and downs weren't as big <laughs> we learned so much this year that coming into next season i'm uh i'm pretty excited you know i'm really excited about the bike you know the changes what we learned um it's it's gonna be a, i think a pretty good 2022 season so uh i couldn't get, it really got much better for for the brand for myself coming in you know developing this bike Every race, I raced a different motorcycle last year um, or last season. You know, it was a different engine configuration that Woody, uh, Woody Kyle came up with, and we just kept trying different things and, uh, you know, trying to see what was best, you know, trying to see what's reliable and pushing the limits. You know, this is a 
47 horsepower air-cooled motor we start with and and now they'll be winning races on half miles and and thinking about going racing miles next year is a it's a pretty big improvement especially you know winning at lima with that with that little bit of horsepower where that's to me that's a horsepower track because you you ride that track wide open almost all the way around it kind of seems like so that that to me was the most impressive uh win so far for the royal infield yeah i mean that's i mean that's that's been on my bucket list you know for for my whole career you know lima is one of the tracks that i remember when i went pro my first race probably first or second year there i hated the track i just could not ride it and then finally you know started to understand the track and then you know uh set fast qualifying time i think twice now like you know even when it was you know i was racing what was called the super twins class on a cowie and then also an indian and um you know did good in some dash for caches you know the rotor dash for caches there and you know, to win Lima, uh, yeah, to win Lima. And then, you know, the coolest thing is, is the victory lap around Lima. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause that track is just lined with people. So, I mean, it's just, you ride around and you're high five and are just, you know, pumped the whole air on the track. You don't get another track like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was kind of the bucket list and uh, you know, do it on the rolling field. Um, and then, uh, you know, that was, that was incredible this season. Um and that was, you know, if, if any race to win, that was the race I wanted to win the most this season. Um, you know, next season we got, we got some more bucket list wins. So see if we can, uh, we can notch a couple more. So you're, you got a lot of skin in the game. You're, you're, you're racing weekend and week out, except for the miles you said, um, do you want to see the class remain the same? Do you want to see the production twins and the super twins kind of join together as one class um, or have you even thought about something like that? I know, I know I'm just kind of, you know, speculating and wonder what's going to happen in this off season. And, you know, since you're, you know, deep into it, what are your thoughts? I mean, would you like to keep the class structure the way it is? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously for, for my, uh, for my program for next year. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm up for racing anybody, you know, once I get a competitive motorcycle and we're, we're, we're there most of the tracks now, it's just, I think next year we're even closer with like chassis changes and stuff that we're doing. Um, I'm up for racing anybody. I think it's just comes down to, you know, what equipment is equal, you know, as, as equal or competitive on certain tracks. So as far as like, if I, you know, make the changes, we make this off season. If they say, Hey, we're running one class. I personally would like, Hey, it's just another day of going racing and, more guys to race against. Uh, but, you know, being selfish, uh, being a guy that's kind of in charge of the program and going to talking to sponsors and, um, you know, trying to get this thing to grow, trying to get Royal Field more and more involved, uh, you know, for a bigger program in, in the years to come. I think the best thing for us is to have another year of production, um, you know, so we can, you know, get some, you know, uh, podium results and so maybe some more wins and get – get the brand more seen that's one more year of development um that hey comes 2023 you know i'm pretty sure like we all kind of know like that's that's going to be the year that they definitely put us all back together so um you know by then i i think we'll be we'll be in a good good position um next year you know i think we could have some good results either way um you know if we were to combine everybody and go to some of these short tracks and the tts and stuff like that we definitely have some good results um but it's not going to be as consistent uh, as as i think we will be if we race the production so 
that's uh you know my selfish once is yeah let's let's stick to per, you know production there's a couple oems other oems that i know are just you know kind of biting at the bit to get in the sport and i think if they go the other direction it's going to deter them right away and not even they wouldn't even get in the sport so um so i think that's uh ultimately i think that's the direction they're going don't really know but i hope so <laughs> right on I, I like uh, your candid, your input, and you know you want to race against somebody on an equal horsepower machine or an equal you know setup machine. So I think at some point we might get there. We'll have to wait and see. Um, you are also one of the smoothest riders out there on the racetrack, and you've ridden all kinds of different motorcycles. And I don't remember watching you fall off hardly ever, but at Atlanta, you had a hard tumble. And it wasn't really your fault, but what I liked about it, Johnny, is is you recovered and still came back and got a top five finish out of the deal. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had a couple falls, but you know, I try to eliminate them as much as I can. But um, yeah, Atlanta was just uh, went in turn one on the pavement, and and I saw um, Kale Coltman ran Dallas a little wide, and I knew Dallas was super fast that day, and I'm like, all right, this is my opportunity, so I kind of got on the gas a little aggressive, and that's just. Uh, you know, a rookie mistake, you know, and I bust that thing sideways and, and the high side of myself um, pretty aggressively where I actually came down and the airbag suit, you know, we're running the, you know, NGK leathers, but with the Alpine star inserts and uh, the airbag actually went off even be, like midair. It, it knew I was, you know, something was going on. Uh, so when I landed, I landed right on my shoulder, but you know, that the airbag system saved me and I landed right on my head uh, you know, damaged the helmet pretty good, but I, I mean, I never lost consciousness, got back up, got a new helmet, uh, deflated the airbag suit. And, um, yeah, we went, we went out there and we got fifth, but we actually, like I said, we had, we had a little motor issue, but still ended up fifth. So, um, you know, it's cool to, cool to, you know, have those days come back from stuff like that. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it made me feel like a real racer again, you know, last year was, was tough you know, developing the bike in such a short span and, and breaking and not having parts, um, you know, to this year got me to the point where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the guys again. And that was, uh, that was a good feeling just based off of, you know, this is a, this has been a big development program. Uh, you know, years past I've wrote other brands and, you know, we talked about before, I, I know I have the record for different manufacturers in main events, but mm-hmm. this was, uh, this was something that, it was the biggest development program I've ever taken on. And, um, you know, uh, the biggest step for me. And, and that's, that's why, you know, I, I am in this position because I have a lot of that past history, but this was a big, this was a big uh, point in my career. I feel like as a, as a rider to like kind of stack and understand like days that I need to push days, I need to calm down, listening to the motorcycle, you know, trusting the people around me. You know, I really learned a lot about myself, uh, this season and last season and uh, the ups and downs and, and kind of finding the, neg- the the positives and the negatives and, and really learning from that to, you know, develop a, a bigger, bigger picture program. And, um, you know, it also is now helping me what I can translate back to my students and uh, other kids that I work with. So it's, you know, it's one of those years you just keep learning, you know, a lot goes on within 365 days. And, uh, you know, if you can learn every day, something just going to make you better. So that's basically what we did, and now we're on to uh, already planning for the 2022 season. So 
you know, I want that helmet, so don't ever throw that helmet away. You know, I know you said you're going to send it back to him and they're going to check it out, but uh, don't ever throw that helmet away because I'd love to put it in my collection. So let's move on. Yeah. That being said, I had to throw that out there. Yeah, but that being said, you're going to have to fight Bree for that one because she uh, she was supposed to send it back, and then she ended up snatching it. So it's, it's in her house, so you might have to go to Milwaukee and okay. break into her house. I'll do that. Let's talk about your big event coming up. Flat Track Futures Fall Classic, November 26th through the 28th. The website, flattrackfutures.online. Uh, signups are still open. Tell me where the event is and what's so special about this uh, building. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, so it's about an hour from where I grew up. Um, but it's also about an hour from where Jared Meese grew up, um, Kevin Barnes. Ricky Winsett, you know, all the Bears, uh, the Mullins, the, you know, Millers, you know, like, if you know, like, the Northeast guys, like the PA guys, all race there every winter, and uh, it's been 20 years since they actually raced there, so I was 12 years old, last race, I was 12 years old on a CR 252 stroke, uh, the only picture I have from that is me, like, crashing, um, <laughs> crashing because you know a 12 year old on a cr 252 stroke a little over his head you know sometimes but it was an indoor building that just every year it was february it was freezing go there and it was like the beginning of the season for us like we go there race that then we have a couple weeks or not even it, it was like you'd have like two weeks and then you had to daytona so it was like everything was new you got excited you went to that race and and you know then went down to daytona and cool thing is like you know, looking back on it, after I decided to put this race together, I started going, man, like a lot of guys raced in this building and then went on to win the Daytona, you know, whether it's the old stadium, the old, you know, the, the, the last short track we ran at the International Speedway to even uh, a TT down there. So it was like, you know, it, they list as like, I think it's 11 guys um, in the last, you know, uh, just say 20 20 years um, dating back to Ricky Winsett. You know, he's probably the last one in the last 20 years to win, you know, race inside that building and then go down to Daytona and then go, you know, win Daytona, you know, and, and then it's like Jake Johnson, Kevin Barnes, myself, uh, Brand Robinson, Corey Texter, uh, Bromley, uh, Danny Bromley even raced in there when he was like, you know, on a 50. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to Dal I talked to Dalton Gauthier. He said that he'd race in there, but it was actually on a 65, um, but it was the motocross race because they ran a motocross race there too. So it was just, uh, I don't know, just, it was something that kind of sparked my interest to like bring it back because it was like, man, there's so much history, so many memories of this building. And when you walk inside of it, it's a pretty big arena. It's like the tracks, the size of like almost the size of the coin shore track. But the difference is it's got 7,500 seats around it. Um, wow. it's got nine, 90 foot tall ceiling. It was built back in like 1938. Um, they use it for like the PA farm show. So it's like all kinds of, you know, uh, you know, it's farming area. So there's a lot of tractor stuff that goes on big horse shows and stuff. And when I walked back into it, um, this July, when I was actually, we were at Port Royal and then I was actually staying right down the road from the place. And I, I asked to go do a site visit to see about putting it on the race. And I walked literally, as soon as I walked in the arena, I'm like, yep, I want it. I didn't even know how much it cost you know, per day to rent. I was like, yeah, right. I want, I want to put a race. I want to put a race on here because like it brought, it brought back so many memories that it was just like, 
it was so cool. And then from that, it just kind of spiraled into like so much other history of like people around me growing up that made me who I am as a racer to, you know, the people that's been supporting flat track for so long in that area. You know, it's, it's where I grew up. District six, district seven is a pretty, pretty talented area. And it's just like, I'm like, man, I want to do something. I haven't done a flat track futures race this year. You know, I did one last year in May um, during COVID kind of deal. And then, you know, haven't done anything because I had a pretty big, busy schedule. I really want to do something. And yeah, like I said, about middle July is like, let's pull the trigger and do this. And, and then I've been planning ever since. It, it sounds amazing. I, I mean, there's so much we have to get to talk to you. But for people that, that are listening that maybe aren't racers that haven't been to an indoor and for the people that are racers that are listening that haven't raced an indoor, why why is an indoor event so unique? What's what's different about it uh, for a fan and then for a rider? You know, obviously it's it's going to be end of November in Pennsylvania. So you're playing with the verge of like possibly snowing. It's cold, um, you know, gives us something, you know, gives the guys up north something to do to go racing because it's, you know, right about now is when racing up there kind of ends. So uh, it's one last race. But the cool thing about the short track, uh, indoor short track is it's like, it's like watching a football game. You know, it's like you sit there, a basketball game, you're, you're sitting there and you can see the whole thing. And you kind of feel like you're courtside, you know, you, you feel like you're right there. And, and especially this place, cause it's, you know, it's like stadium like seating. So you're looking down and you can see everything and it's, it's going to be, you know, really close racing. Uh, you know, you know, everybody says bar banging and, and stuff like that, but it, it is, it's going to be, you know, uh, a lot of talented short track riders came out of this area. And that's, that's why, because we got to race a lot of these indoors throughout the winter and, and learn to put the motorcycle, you know, places we, Maybe shouldn't, but mm-hmm. uh, that's the cool thing about the racing. You, you'll see it's so close of racing. Um, you don't see guys get spread out too much. You know, it's it's short lap time, so everybody's going pretty fast. And, um, you know, I think it's just going to put on a really good show. And, you know, the, the amount of riders we have signed up and the quality of riders we have signed up, I mean, every class is going to be spectacular, I really feel like, at this race. So I'm I'm pretty stoked on it. There's a there's a big race, the Chris Kleinfelter 99 Memorial Dash for Cash. How do you qualify for that race, and is that going to be every day of the event or just on one certain day? Yeah, so the Chris Kleinfelter Memorial was actually uh, Mike Poe. Uh, he was a former you know uh, pro singles rider, a good buddy of mine. He put together a race last year and put together the Kleinfelter Memorial race. Um, Chris was a uh, he was one of the funniest funniest riders. Um, uh, we got to grow up with, you know, he was, he's like Jared Mies's age. Uh, you know, I, I joke with Jared all the time, every Instagram post that I make about Chris, cause Chris used to kick, kick his ass. Like Chris <laughs> used to beat Jared on eighties, one twenty fives, two fifties. And then Chris just never really got a chance to go pro. Um, he was just, you know, his, his uh, dad Lee, um, was a landscaper. Just they didn't have the, the resources to really just go pro and, you know, Chris was the fastest local guy, you know, for so many years. Like he was the guy you looked up to and, you know, the days when you beat him, you know, you're doing good. And, uh, Chris, unfortunately left us about seven years ago. He was in a car accident, uh, after leaving a race in, uh, in December it was a winter, uh, a race during the winter, uh, up in Maryland. And he, he was in a car accident and he passed away and Mike put something together last year and had, he did a really, really great job. I went there and did a school and supported it. 
uh, this year when I found out Mike didn't do a race and because um, he was getting married. There's a lot of a lot of things why Mike wasn't able to do it. Um, I said, dude, like I'd be honored to like just run one of the dashes and you know do it for you to keep the thing going and also do it for Chris and his family and and right away Mike was like, yep, let's do it. So um, that'll be Saturday. It's gonna be like you know the main uh, opening show of the uh, of the night. Um, uh, it'll be how the guys qualified for the pro am race. So the top six, the guys that will actually be on the front row uh, for the pro am main event will be the six guys in the dash for cash. So, um, you know, what's neat about my program and how I'm kind of running it is I'm going to run practice qualifying everything and get it done. You know, hopefully by, you know, five o'clock, take a little break. And then at seven o'clock have opening ceremonies, introduce the riders, do a, um, do a little talk about, you know, Chris Kleinfelder and are also going to include, um, um, Kyle McGrain, who passed away, that was also from that area. Um, we're going to do a little uh, memorial thing there. And then the first race of the night will be the Dash for Cash. So um, uh-huh. that'll cool. kind of open up. That'll kind of open up everybody's eyes, you know, especially if they haven't seen flat track or seen an indoor. Um, you know, the, the kind of the fastest six guys of the night will be just going at it right away. Then we'll get right into like the mini bikes and um, get, the, get the little guys done, little guys and girls done for the evening. Uh, kind of early it's going to be just the main events that everybody's going to see but how we're going to do it is we're going to do you know it's about 10 11 main events um and every race we're going to you know put the riders on the line introduce them have the race do a quick podium you know uh and then the as they're doing the podium the other group will be lining up and or track prep and we'll just kind of i want to make it a show um for these guys and but also get, you know, the victory lap in and get the podium speech. Um, because that's, that's so special to like, you know, especially as kids, it's something that they'll remember forever being in that big arena, getting introduced to, you know, hopefully a, a reasonable size crowd. Um, and then, you know, getting the chance to, you know, thank their sponsors, their mom and dad, everybody like that. And, and just be this, you know, what, what feels like a very prestigious night of racing. And that's, that's what we plan to do Saturday. And that's when we will do the uh, dash for cash. Oh, I, I love well. it. And I love it. It sounds like a, a show and that's what it's supposed to be. You know, racing sometimes gets drawn out, spread out, and we forget that it's a show. It's entertainment for the fans that came to watch. You know, some of us forget that. And I, I love that. It sounds like it's going to be a show and these kids are going to get to feel what it's like to be a pro to race on the same track as the pros. It sounds like a great night. You also have the, uh, the, the Pennsylvania state champs, uh, will be awarded the super mini class, the two fifty amateur class and the four fifty amateur class. Do you have any special awards for the, for those, you know, uh, state champs? Yeah. So we'll, we'll have state champs for, for every single class. Oh, cool. Um, everybody will, yeah, everybody, every there's, a total of uh, between the first day and the second day, there's 16 classes total. Uh, we're only running like 10 or 11 on the first day, and then we'll add another five the, the on Sunday. But so everybody, it'll be a PA state championship race. Um, you know, awesome. reason why I did reason why I did that is they haven't there hasn't been too many PA state championships or New York state championships or you know uh, you know it's and it's AMA sanctioned. It's recognized by AMA. So there hasn't been that many lately. It was something that when I was a kid, um, you know, I remember going to New York and going into square deal and, and winning the New York state championship 
you know, 60, 80, 125 or 100 race. And then, you know, coming back to Pennsylvania and winning, winning those. And like, it was something prestigious, like the same thing for me, like say, Hey, yeah, I was the PA state championship, the winner that year. Um, you know, so I've been, I've been talking a lot with the, um, district six president, uh, Daryl bear and going, Hey, like, I really want to build, build this better, uh, a more prestigious structure to, amateur racing you know right now it's so spread out there's a lot of people doing stuff which is great but it's also just races all over the place and and you know not too many recognized races um whether it's ama or you know uh uh you know just just bigger races that you know oems can like be like hey where was the who was the PAC championship or who won the national championship so i'm trying to you know figure out a way to bring that together and what's cool is in our district, in our area, you know, between district six and district seven, and then there's New York right across, you know, in that area, there's, um, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. So there could be five, you know, state championships. And, and that's actually my goal next year is to work with those guys and start just in that region and go, Hey, for 2022, you know, there's going to be five state champ, AMA state championships, work with them. And then, then they'll come to, you know, the fall classic in 2022 as uh, state champions and we can, you know, make them feel special, but they haven't done it in a while. So I was like, Hey, I want to make this race a state championship to make it a little more prestigious for the riders and people coming and kind of kickstart that momentum of what we're trying to, uh, to do here to kind of build some more prestigious backing behind, uh, you know, the amateur racing. Cause we definitely need it. You definitely need that, um, you know, the more exposure, the understanding of like the rankings, um, you know, having a couple bigger races for these kids to, to showcase their talent. And, and that's, what's kind of cool. You know, like I'm doing this race, Corey Texture's got his race. It's, you know, that's an AMA featured event as well, you know, so it's starting to starting to come to fruition to like, Hey, like let's, let's get, you know, help keep AMA involved and do a few things to, to help build, build the recognition that we need so that more sponsors get involved, um, you know, OEMs and, you know, starts to grow the, the amateur side of things a little bit more. You mentioned Daryl bear and Daryl and candy bear are, are on board. They're supporting you in this event. Jake Johnson's your referee. What does that mean to <laughs> you to have these, these names helping you out on your event? Yeah, I mean the list could go on, as, and it's you know we obviously when when the race happens, you know you'll see more people involved. But um, you know, first off, it was like the first person I called and I said, "Hey, I want to do a race in Pennsylvania." Was Daryl and Candy? Um, if you know, if you don't know Daryl and Candy, they they've basically been keeping flat track alive in the PA, you know, uh, area for. I mean, I'm 32 years old. I've been racing since I was six. So 20, 25, 26 years that I can remember, they've been mm-hmm. kind of like putting on events, racing events, you know, trying to raise money for stuff. Well, now Daryl is actually the president of District 6, um, which is actually president of like, you know, District 6 means he's motocross, hair scramble, flat track, and trials. And he was the first person I called and said, hey, I got this idea. I want to do this. He's like, love it. Been wanting to do it for a long time. I don't have the resources to make something like that happen, but I can run an event. Um, you know, for him, he, they run, they run over 25 district races a year. Um, 
in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, um, you know, parts of Delaware sometimes, whenever a track kind of opens up. So they put on a lot of races a year and, you know, have the structure and know the ins and outs of actually running a race. Um, you know, he loves the idea of me being able to bring kind of the more marketing and kind of the bigger picture uh, to to the race and make this thing bigger. So when I called him and said, hey, I want to do this, he's like, hey, I'll help out whatever I can, whatever you need. Um, I said, like, okay, thanks. And then it was like, called me again. Hey, I got this idea. And then called me again. I got this idea. And it just, it kind of, uh, in a short time, you know, we haven't spoken in a long time, just, um, you know, I haven't been in that area. haven't raced that much, but now we talk a couple times a week. We're planning stuff and just trying to make it better, trying to build already on 2022, how to make the district better. Um, you know, it's been, it's been really neat process to kind of like start breaking everything down with somebody that has, such the ins and outs of doing it for so long at a, at a smaller scale, you know, as far as like just, just being a district race and, you know, not getting the exposure that, you know, these races should really be getting. Cause I mean, the races that happen, they have some of the best races all year long and just, you know, they don't get the, the full exposure. So that's where we're kind of working together. It's been pretty neat to, uh, to see that happen. You know, he's brought in a couple of cool pieces of the puzzle um, you know, whether it's staff, but then also got a local motocross club to donate the transponders. So we're using transponders at no cost to the riders, you know, like some tracks usually charge a little bit, like we're not charging anything, um, you know, and then personnel and just that manpower and, and, and understanding how the event flows. Um, it's going to be pretty neat. And it's also going to allow me to actually enjoy my event in the way where I'm not trying to do every role. Um, mm -hmm. I can actually focus on kind of managing the event, making sure, you know, things are flowing really good. So, um, so it's been, it's been awesome to, to partner up with them. And then obviously you throw Jake Johnson in the mix, you know, he's my brother-in-law and, uh, you know, I started talking about the race and he's like, I want the job where, where everybody's going to hate me the most. And I'm like, <laughs> well, Jake, uh, a referee, everybody hates the referee, you know? Yep. Um, mm -hmm. well, and I'm like, so he's like, he jokes and he's like, all right, cool. Well, I want a shirt like, you know, the the referee from our, our District 7, you know, the indoor wears a, a, the striped referee shirt. He's like, I want a shirt like that. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to, but now I'm like, I'm trying to find him like a full tuxedo that's the striped for him to wear the whole, the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but actually we joke about it. But I mean, honestly, I think Jake will actually be really good at it because I mean, Jake was one of those guys that, um, you know, at when he was a pro racer, he would break down, you know, I'd go over his house and he'd start talking about stuff and he'd already dissected the rule book. The rule book just came out, you know, two hours ago and he's already got the thing dissected and he's, he's found this flaw and this way around this and this way, this. And I'm like, dude, I, dude, I haven't read the rule book in five years. And he's like, <laughs> he's already got it, got it mastered. So, yeah. Um, yep. So that's why I think actually he'll do really good. So it's cool. It's, it's like, it's bringing like kind of my, my home community back together. Um, you know, cause I've been in Florida seven years now. So I, I do feel like I'm getting separated from, <laughs> you know, my past a little bit and uh, whether it's, you know, putting the race on to bring my, myself back to my community, but also grow the sport and uh, you know, it, it can go both ways, but I'm happy both ways. Speaking of whole community, your sister, Jen Lewis, was supposed to join us, and she chickened out. 
I heard she's on board with your program, and I don't know if that's for this event in particular or if it's for Moto Anatomy down in Florida. So tell me what Jen's involvement is now with 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 you and moving forward. Yeah, so if you know my my little sister Jen, uh, you know, is went to school to be a nutritionist, a physical th- uh, you know physical trainer. And, you know, really does a lot of cool stuff in Pennsylvania right now with, with like, yoga classes for, for parents with kids with, like, you know, special needs just to give them an out. You know, she did, she does a lot of cool things. And she right now is working at a facility where they use horses for therapy with younger kids and stuff as well. But, um, you know, we've been talking about trying to get her down here in the wintertime and, you know, trying to do some training stuff, uh, you know, training some of my riders because I, I include that into my moto anatomy program, but you know, I'm not certified and it's not that I have to be, but I, you know, it's like, all right, I want somebody with a little more knowledge, but also where it can give me more time to focus on the riding and let her manage the you know physical training side of things. And then kind of also hold me responsible. You know, I'm going to make her put a training program together for me and she's going to be in charge of making, making sure I'm in shape. But, um, we're actually kicking off, you know, the the fall classic while we're up there. I'm doing a Moto Anatomy University. Um, it's kind of the first Moto, Moto Anatomy University that we're doing, and it's basically it's me stepping back and not being the guy doing everything. Going, okay, I'm going to train everybody on the motorcycle, and you know the mental side of things that I'm good at, um, and then she's going to come in and teach nutrition and physical training. Uh, section of the class, you know, that day, um, you know, to the riders, the parents, you know, we got, we actually have some team owners coming out, um, to take the class that get a better understanding of, you know, that as well, those, those areas. Um, so I got her doing that. Then I also brought in my marketing mentor that I've had for 16 years. Uh, his name's Rob Smith. He's, he's, he's basically my neighbor he lived about two miles down the road and uh, was a former soccer player, professional soccer player. He's worked for Nike, Gatorade, doing marketing stuff. Uh, he's been my mentor, like my whole career. You know, he's kind of been, you know, hidden all these years and just, you know, uh, helped me. But I'm actually like, you know, what? it'd be cool to bring him in, talk about building a building a brand, you know, within yourself, within your rider, uh, how to connect and, and have those conversations with with companies, whether they're, you know, local companies. Um, as an amateur writer or, you know, corporate companies, you know, as a professional, um, bringing him involved. And then also part of that mode anatomy program, the university, we have, um, solid performance, which is, uh, a suspension company. He's also a, a dealership. That's a gas, gas Husqvarna, but mainly a KTM dealer that I worked for when I lived up in Pennsylvania, but we're bringing him in, uh, them in to talk about suspension. Um, you know, I think they have a pretty good track record because, uh, they did get one and two in the 450 singles this year. So Dallas Daniels runs solid performance tunes, WP suspension, and Max Wales, you know, runs uh, solid performance uh, tune WP suspension as well. So they have a pretty good track record that they should be able to educate the riders and the parents and the uh, mechanics, team owners during this university um, on the suspension thing. So it's it's kind of a neat program that I put together. And, you know, mainly to kind of kickstart mine and Jennifer's like relationship, you know, I want to get her in front of all these people, um, you know, whether they're racers and, or, you know, um, you know, you know, eventually we want to grow it to where it's not just racers for her, but have a bigger clientele base 
and, um, you know, get, get her physical and nutrition side of things out there, um, you know, to grow it. And then, you know, we plan on bringing her down this winter, um, to the facility and having her here and being part of all my programs. So it's, it's kind of neat to, uh, to have that going on at the same time, you know, kind of building, building our relationship, but also, you know, ways that are going to improve, you know, the community, the riders, you know, everybody I work with, and then, you know, selfishly myself, because I'm going to make her, like I said, be my personal trainer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mul- multiple use tool right there. So uh, Dunlop's also on board with the Dunlop Whole Shot Awards. And then there's also $100 K 180 CD5 tires only at this event. So uh, what does it mean to have Dunlop helping you out at this big event you got coming up? Yeah, so it's, it's been pretty cool, Scotty. So um, since I started Flat Track Futures back in 2019, where we we were put we put an event together at Volusia during uh, Biketoberfest. Uh, unfortunately, like we got practice in, you know, practice day, everything in, and then the races got rained out. But since then, like Dunlop has been a sponsor of of this program. So for the last three years, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, and already they committed to 2022. So they they've been like the number one sponsor for me, uh, for this program. Cause, uh, they, they see, you know, the, the growth of amateur flat track, uh, across the country, you know, people seeing it, you know, worldwide, you know, stuff I do with slide schools and, and everything that I got going on. Um, you know, but for this event, we, I said, Hey, I want to do something cool for the riders. Uh, I want to do a whole shot award. And it was, they were like, Hey, that'd be awesome. Let's do it. We'll give a tire. And then, they also say, Hey, like we have these, these K one eighties that like they're old CD fives. So they're the older compound that we ran forever. Um, but they're now rebranded and they're called the K one eighties. They are, you know, they have a, a liner in them so they can be run tubeless. They're DOT approved, but they're still the same tread and the same, you know, compounds, uh, that we race with. So they're usually roughly like a $140 tire. And they said, Hey, like at your event, you can sell them for $100. Um, and that's, you know, it's a $40 savings for, for a rider. So, uh, between giving away, you know, a lot of tires, cause we have 27 main events. Um, but then also, you know, selling them at a, at a hundred dollars per tires, you can't really find a now for under hundred dollars, even a moto tire. So, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of neat. Uh, we posted about it, got a lot of people already pre-ordering tires and we'll have, we'll have a bunch there, um, for people to buy, but it's, it's kind of neat that Dunlop is, you know, uh, wanting support amateur racing like this. It's been, like I said, since 2019 that they've been working with flat track futures, but they also included me into the, uh, the launch of the, the Dunlop elite program where, you know, they actually sponsored about 10 riders, um, for the last two years. Um, so 10 amateur riders, so 10 amateur riders the last two years have been getting, you know, tires, a canopy, cool stickers, hats, all that cool and cool stuff, which they've done for motocross for a year. They call it the elite program. They now do that with, with, uh, amateur flat track riders. And the first year I was basically the one that hand selected the first, first 10 riders for them. So, you know, I, I just had a really great relationship with these guys and, you know, to, to continue this and then do the whole shot award and giving away tires. And, um, it's, 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 it's neat to have those people behind me. Um, this point of my career when I say, Hey, I'm doing something cool. I know it's super last minute. Um, they're like, they step up and say, Hey, no, let's, we trust what you do. You know, you do a good job. Um, here's what we can do. And that's, it's awesome to be at that, that point in my career. 
So you also have six youth full sponsor contracts for 2022 season from just one racing. Explain that program. Scott, it sounds like you're reading from a list or something of all the Man, stuff. I, I have a lot of Scott, stuff. There's there's so <laughs> many things going on on your event. I just want to make sure we mm-hmm. cover it all. I mean, I've got information overload. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this because there's so much for your event, which I think is awesome for all the competitors and all the people that are going to your event. So tell me about this Just One Racing program. Yeah, no, it's cool. So actually on my website, just so everybody knows, um, under Saturday, Sunday, classes under the event on my website it says saturday sunday classes and awards so the riders want to know more about the awards and stuff it is on there and we keep updating it daily as soon as we kind of lock in another sponsorship deal but uh this one's pretty cool so i called my you know like i said i'm I'm at that point in my career i'm I'm like hey i have some pretty loyal loyal sponsors and i say i want to do something really cool for the youth riders um so i was talking to they, they call them techs over at just one and i said hey i want to do something really cool for these youth riders what can we do and he's like what if what if i just give them a uh one-year contract and we give them free gear and i'm like well that's pretty cool i mean what other four-year-old could potentially have a one-year contract with just one racing um where they get motocross helmets jersey pants gloves goggles um, and some other swag, um, and then chances to be in the catalog because that's what they want. They want to get some cool shots of the kids throughout next season, put them in catalogs, use them for marketing and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I think that'd be, that, that, that fits my need there. So it's, uh, that's what, that's what the deal is. It, you know, they get, they get a, a opportunity. The parents have to sign a contract, like a normal, normal, uh, sponsorship program. And they get, they get a couple, you know, a couple sets of gear and a helmet, and, uh, you know, uh, they, you know, are required to then get some photos and send in some updates and so they can use it and then promote flat track on, you know, just one website and social media and stuff, which is, you know, it's a very large European company. Um, it's growing here in the States. It's actually the helmet I wear for a uh, full face helmet as well. So they are in the development of, you know, MotoGP standard, um, you know, full face helmets. That's what I'm wearing. I'm the only one in the country right now um, wearing it. Me and like one other, two other MotoGP guys are wearing it, but they are in that Roma things and they are interested in flat track and they support my slide school. So, so that's, that's that program. And then, um, you know, what we're also going to be doing is a couple other, you know, we're going to be announcing more awards, but you know, EVS has came up with like a top, uh, top bet rider award. So basically 30 plus 50 plus, and the two vintage classes, we're going to combine all the points and see what riders on top. Um, so obviously it pays to ride more classes, but you know, not everybody can ride all the classes. So it works out pretty good. Um, you know, and then they get, they get a, a cool gear bag with a bunch of swag inside of it. Um, and then C, uh, Cena headsets, uh, that I use for communication and stuff is sponsoring, uh, three of the, the class champions of the PA state championships in the super mini 250 and 450 with these helmets, these bicycles helmets that actually have uh, integrated Bluetooth. Um, so you can play music, make phone calls, um, and actually has an intercom. So I actually used them this winter with like Johnny Bova and a couple other riders that were down training because they weren't as good as me on a bicycle and they'll admit it. So I could, <laughs> I could leave them, but I could still stay in communication with them. 
because it has an intercom. So it has a, you know, a Bluetooth system where, you know, I could be, I could be almost a mile ahead of them and still be like, Hey, I made a right onto, you know, Chestnut street. Um, you know, so make sure you turn there and I could keep that communication. It's also got a, a red light in the back. And why I chose those three classes are because those are the kids that are at that break of starting to train, starting to make that transition to be like, Hey, I want to be a pro rider. Um, so they start using, you know, uh, cycling as a, another form of training. And I figured, you know, if those kids that win those classes, they're most likely going to be on bicycles and training. And it's a, it's a, it's a great tool for that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's cool. It's a lot of, a lot of neat stuff, you know, Scotty for, for this program. And it's, it, the list goes on and there's more stuff coming. Um, but the biggest thing, and I know you're probably going to get to it, but it's actually the whole, <laughs> the real, the real infield hooligan sponsorship. Okay. You saw that, right? Yep, I sure did. I was getting there. I know I beat so, you to it. Yeah. So, so who all is eligible for this? So, anybody in the class that races Royal Enfield is obviously eligible. You first, it, it, the first way of you know getting it is obviously you have to win. Um, but if the rider that wins goes, hey, I, I have a deal with a local Harley shop. I don't want a free INT six fifty Royal Enfield because I can't commit to racing this thing next year because of other, you know, other, uh, agreements, it'll go to the second place guy or the third place guy. So, but what the program basically is, is me and Rowan field, um, me and Bree basically put together this, this program where we're going to give them an INT 650, just like the girls at the BTR program get, you know, for free, they get to keep it. Um, and then we, we support them with building the bike as far as, you know, a couple of our sponsors chip in with some products, but also say, Hey, like, these are the shocks that we've used. This is the offset triple clamps we used and, you know, uh, help them build the bike because ultimately we want them to go race it in 2022, um, and start, you know, racing more, more hooligan stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, that's our goal is to get, you know, hopefully the winner of my race, the fall classic wins it. Once the bike agrees to the deal, how we help them build the bike over the winter and then gets to come down and train with, with me at my facility and, or, uh, you know, when we go do some other tests, you know, cause we're going to do some training with the girls, uh, we'll have that person out and do some more training and, and basically try to, you know, help build, you know, um, a hooligan program. We got a couple, couple buddies, um, on them right now, uh, racing, you know, out in Minnesota and my one, one buddy, Ben's building one in Ohio. So, you know, we're getting more and more of them built, um, you know, and that's, that's kind of the, the growth of that. So it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, to be giving away a, a motorcycle at a race with a support <laughs> like that is a, it's a pretty neat deal. I mean, I would be all about it. Was, it's making me want to start riding and just to get ready. But I know your race is coming up in just a few days, but man, that's, that's one heck of an incentive to race your hooligan class. That's for sure. Yeah, it's cool. And like, I actually, so with this race, I knew there's potential to get a lot of riders and we are, we're, the signups are going great. Um, I actually capped the classes. So I capped them at 24. I did online sign up. It's the online sign up still open. Um, but I capped every, every class at 24 because I did not want, you know, um, 50 hooligans guys to show up and it be turned into just a hooligan base. Um, a hooligan show, you know, I wanted to like, Hey, this is the captain 24, the summer heat races we're running. Uh, so we kind of know what our, what our max is. 
And uh, it's been a cool, like, structure, but, like, the hooligan class is about maxed out. It's, uh, I think there's 22 entries out of the 24 right now. Uh, so it's almost completely filled. Uh, I mean, we still got, you know, I think two and a half weeks left uh, till the race. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's neat, though, to kind of see that many guys. It's, it's a very, uh, you know, competitive hooligan field, too. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. If, you know, I follow hooligan because I'm, I'm buddies with all the guys. You know, obviously there's the California hooligans, then there's the Midwest hooligans, and then there's like the PA hooligans, um, you know, that, that Northeast guys. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny the differences between the riders as well. Um, it's, you know, the Midwest guys have been doing it, I feel like, for a longer time. You know, they kind of jumped on the hooligan thing and they've been building bikes and riding hooligan bikes for a little longer time. Uh, you know, the, the, the guys out West, they do a lot of smaller tracks and they got big bikes and they do a lot of cool events like the Rolling Sands puts on, but then there's like the PA guys that are just like, I would say down and dirty, like racers that like, you know, these guys are fast when they show up, they, you know, they usually do pretty good. You know, you got like a rich heavily, um, mm. uh, I mean, even, even Kevin Barnes is now, even Kevin Barnes is now the hooligan rider. You race Charlotte, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Wood is signed up for the hooligan class. So it's, you know, you're getting, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's going to be a pretty, uh, uh, grinding field. I would say at this race, um, of pretty, pretty good short track riders, um, you know, former pros. Um, so I'm excited to see these guys race for this, this chance to have this bike and then, and then get the chance to work, you know, hopefully like work with some of my buddies and, uh, you know, help build a bike faster and, and then have a, have somebody to root for out there, um, on a rolling field. So I'm excited about that. A couple more things before we shut it down. But, uh, if, if I enter the race and if I don't show up, do I still get my name on the back of the shirt? Yep. Yep. So <laughs> if you sign up, um, you know, we can put you in, you know, you can ride like the vintage light and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, um, Charlie Roberts might get a little nervous and go, oh, Scotty is coming out. <laughs> um, but you can, uh, yeah. Well, well, the cool thing is uh, this is something that like when I started putting this event on, I did this back when I did my first flat track futures, a race, uh, at Volusia, um, was, I always thought it was so cool when people would pre-enter and they get their names on the back of the t-shirt. So like I have, I have t-shirts when I was a kid, the amateur nationals and all these other races that, the names are on the, my name was on the back. So like, that was the first thing you grab the shirt and you're like, Oh, where's my name? Like, Oh shit. They spelled my name wrong No, But, um, <laughs> it was like, that was like the first thing that, you know, you know, you, you, you check in and then you get your event t-shirt. And, mm-hmm. uh, that was something I wanted to include in this to like to see, because it's so cool to look back. Like, um, Maxon's been starting to wear some of my old t-shirts and he had one that had some names on the back. And I'm like, man, I forgot about, um, uh, you know, that kid, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember racing him and like memories pop back up, you know, a kid from Texas. I can't, I can't remember his name, Cody something, but, um, it, like it was on there and I'm like, man, I used to be really cool friends with him. I want to raise that. So it's like, then I jump on Facebook and I'm like, Oh, cool. It's cool to see what he's doing. And it's just, you know, to me, you know, with racing is, is, is about the memories and, you know, that's kind of like this race. It sparked a lot of memories for me, but also, you know, uh, it also created a lot you know, uh, that long term, you look back and go, man, that's pretty wild to see like all these guys we raced against 
uh, in that arena went on to win, you know, like just even my, my group of guys, you know, is like I said, myself, Brandon Robinson, Matt Wyman, Corey texture, you know, we all raced sixties in that building together, um, or eighties. And then, went on to like have a pretty good career, you know, like, and still having a career, some of us. And, um, it's so cool to look back and look at the old photos and stuff. And to me, that's, that's why like I'm doing this race. It's one to build the sport, but also to like, you know, build memories, you know, that, you know, hopefully are for years to come and, uh, you know, look back and be like, man, that kid, that, that kid raced there. That's so cool. Like, you know, he went and won, you know, the whatever year, 2040 championship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing one more program before we let you go uh the hotel program hotel the number four teams tell me about that yeah so it's it's pretty neat like i've um uh with my marketing guy my mentor rob smith we kind of sat back and kind of collaborated you know what some events do what other events do what's you know could be done what could be better and he had this relationship with this this hotel company and uh basically it's like its own price line. It's like our own price line that they set up for you. They've been doing the uh, hotel since 1998. So it's not like it's some fluke, uh, you know, fluke, fluke thing. They've been basically booking hotel rooms for athletic teams, for soccer, you know, big sporting events. Um, so we partner with them. And what's cool is they give a percentage back, basically. So if you look at the pricing, the pricing is at par, if not better than like a price line and stuff. They just give a percentage back of what their cut is uh, back to the sports team and or, you know, the organization. So what's neat about us, like we're, we're testing the water with this. And I don't know how many people signed up. I haven't really I haven't called back in and see, like, how many people actually use the site to book hotel rooms. But ultimately, it's, it's a way to, you know, build a, you know, bonus system. Maybe at the end of the year, say we ran, you know, say we ran five events and there's two nights every 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 event so now that's 10 hotel rooms times everybody that's coming into town they book through this site and we get a percentage well that could go back into a pot you know mm-hmm. for a championship bonus award banquet you know stuff like that that's just like little things that you know we didn't you know i, I wasn't really aware of so um it's it's neat to be able to partner with somebody like that and actually start to give back to um and they give back to us and uh you know hopefully build build something that you know more people every time they book a hotel room it's through that and it's it's generated towards you know the the future of um you know flat track futures and and whatever whatever direction we utilize it um, but i think it's a it's a great way of you know expanding the sport with uh companies like that you know getting them involved is has been pretty neat so um yeah that's all everything's on the website if you go on to you know like flatcheckfutures.online um, click on events, you know, it runs down. I have, I try to list everything I could from, uh, event parking, you know, like RV hookups, mm-hmm. you know, to the hotel stuff to, uh, I just got off the phone with the, the facilities, you know, uh, catering company, basically the, uh, the food vendors and going to be announcing like what time, you know, everything's available, when's available, what's available for food, just to make it as simple and understanding as you can. Um, to make the event flow as, as nice as we can, because my goal is to make this last for, for many years, just like, you know, that we had it in the past. Um, try to bring it back every year and, and make it bigger and, you know, try to fill that fill that arena like, you know, 
like they used to. So, um, yeah, that's the goal. I love that it's Thanksgiving also, because as a kid growing up, I raced BMX and we knew the Thanksgiving weekend was the BMX Grand National Championships. And it sounds like if you keep this going, that's where all the flat trackers are wanting to be. They want to be at the Flat Track Futures Fall Classic. So uh, I love what you're doing. Uh, just one more note here. Uh, Morgan's Place is going to be on hand, as well as the Class of 79. Anybody else going to be there to help you out? Or any other vendors you want to talk about real quick before we let you go? Or can they find all that information on your website? Yeah, you know, it's it's all going to be on the website and it is on the website. But, you know, it's it's cool. I'm bringing, you know, Morgan Monroe out with Morgan's Place. It's uh, I know you guys had her on and, uh, you know, she's, she's a special girl to me cause I used to train her and, uh, obviously she went through her challenges with getting hurt and then recovery. And now she's, she's got a strong ambition to, and, you know, and she's got a goals and, and I love it. And so I want to see her actually, uh, that, that property and, and facility that they're working to build, uh, come together. So every opportunity I think of, I've been including them or passing along and, um, you know, cause you know, it's a, perfect place of recovery is what you know she's doing and, and it's it's great so i have her and her mom and dad coming out um you know they'll be there uh they got a couple raffles and then also uh i made the pw50 class uh the morgan's place pw50 class um and actually the kids that race on saturday get free entry on sunday for the pw class um cool. and um they also have, you know, Morgan has a PW50 that they're raffling off December December 1st. So maybe one of those kids will take their, their entry fee from Sunday and, and put it in there and, and win themselves another PW50 for next season and then, uh, you know, have a brand-new bike. But And then also uh, Charlie Roberts, Class 79. He's obviously, uh, you know, huge for the sport. He, uh, he saw I had, it, uh, had a vintage class, so he's signed up as Bull Taco and all, all – pumped on that it actually sponsored the class as well and uh but you know obviously every every event that i have i want to you know give an opportunity to you know the class of 79 they they've helped me so many times and so many other riders through uh through recovery so um you know with the financial side of things so it's 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 to me it's special to have the class of 79 and morgan together because um you know ultimately unfortunately if something happens to any of these riders the goal is to have funding to send people to somewhere like Morgan's place and, and help them recover, uh, from any in injuries. And, um, you know, we're just, I'm trying to cover all my basics with this, with this race and looking at, you know, long-term, short-term, everything in one, in one picture to, uh, you know, really expand amateur flat track racing and get the exposure that these, these riders and kids, kids need to, uh, you know, grow the sport. So, um, that's my goal, Scotty. Man, it sounds like you've dotted every I and crossed every T. I can't think of one thing that we've left out except for the Sunday before your event is the 34th annual Fall Jam On Productions World's Largest Indoor Motorcycle Parts Swap Meet and Show. So are you going to be at that thing too? <laughs> Hopefully handing out flyers to get some fans to come watch all these amateurs. Yeah, and this is where, you know, Daryl Bear really came into play with uh, just being local to that area because that, that event is actually in the same arena um, just the weekend before. So on Sunday before, they have this, what is supposedly the large largest indoor swap meet. And uh, he had a guy called me and it's like, hey, we're coming to your race. 
And so we want to offer you a, a free vendor spot to sell some tickets, sell t-shirts, whatever you want to do to promote the race. And, um, you know, that, that to me is like, you know, after setting all this other stuff up, it was kind of icing on the cake of like, man, I'm going to go the week before to the exact same building. The race is going to be get the chance to talk about the race to motorcycle people that, you know, what is, should be, I mean, their, their site has like 3000 people already, you know, going to this event on Facebook, you know, could not be that many, but that's how many people are already like, Hey, we're going. So, uh, there's a good, really good opportunity here to, to, you know, uh, let everybody know about the race, pre-sell some tickets and, um, you know, fill up this arena for, for a first time event would be uh, pretty amazing, you know, for me and the riders, you know, that's, that's really it. I would love to, I love to have these kids come out to arena for their main event and it's, it's completely packed. Um, cause I know it gives me, gives me chills every time we get to a racetrack and there's, you know, packs, packed uh, stands, you know, like a, like a Lima. Um, that, that's, that's when this all feels, all feels worth it. You know, when we're out there racing and it's just thousands of eyes on you. So, uh, that's the feeling I want these kids to get. So that's why it's a great opportunity to, to get to be part of that, that, uh, swap meet and, and, uh, you know, promote, promote the, uh, flat track futures fall classic. Cool. Johnny. Well, I think we've hit on a lot of your sponsors, probably most of your sponsors. I know there's probably going to be a list up there on your, on your website, but I just want to say thanks to you for, for putting on this event and doing this for these amateur riders, giving them a place to race and getting them some recognition, getting them some sponsorship, getting them some free stuff, getting their name on a shirt. I think all that is amazing. Um, and thanks for everything you're doing for the sport and uh, just keep it up and, and good luck. And, and I wish you lots of success. Uh, I appreciate it, Scotty. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of work. It's been a lot of work, but you know, you know, like what it is, it's, it's all worth it. You know, it's, it's growing the sport. So I, uh, it's always great, great to be on the show and looking forward to, uh, maybe talking about it after the race and how much of a success it was. Sounds like a deal to me. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Unfortunately, I'm going to uh, Denver for Thanksgiving with my family over there on my mom's side, but, uh, I heard two thirds of left out will be there. So hopefully they can uh, send me some footage and, and make it feel like I'm not left out from your event. But, uh, you know, again, I wish you much success. Thanks for uh, taking the time and talking through, you know, most of the, the things that you've got going on on your event. And, uh, again, good luck. And, uh, we'll follow up after the race. How's that? Sounds perfect. I don't think we've ever talked to that guy and had a, a, an issue finding a topic to discuss or, you know, things to talk about. <laughs> well, we, we had a few notes yeah. before we started, and then he sent us over a few more notes. Oh, yeah. Like, like a page full. And I yeah. was, you know, maybe it did sound like I was reading from a list, but it's because I didn't want anything to get left out. Ha, 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 ha. Ah, but there's, there's so much, and there's so many people already behind him. And for a first-time event, it's incredible. But, you know, Johnny Lewis has been putting on some races. He's been around racing his whole life. He, he reached out to the right people, and the, these people are helping out in one way or another. I love yeah. Jake Johnson. He's going to be the referee. I love yep. that the Bear family's helping out. I love they, – they got a motocross track to let them borrow – they're transponders. That's that just crazy. doesn't happen. Tra- yeah. Transponders aren't cheap, you know, um, and transponders are pretty much the, the future. And they're right now because 
Otherwise, you have to have like three or four people keeping score by hand. Then there's always lap riders. On an indoor, it's going to be insane. There's always lap riders immediately. And so the transponders are going to save a lot of time and confusion. And uh, hopefully that all goes smooth. But uh, man, it's just, it sounds like everything is done perfect and proper. And he's ready already. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. He's got a lot of, I mean, he's basically got an event. He did pre entry. So he's got already got enough, you know, for an event like a month out. So it gives him a lot of time right. to kind of plan and look ahead. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, things may change here and there. And, you know, live you know you, you've seen enough live events to know that there's always kind of the crazy chaos of, of race day so things will be and, a little panicky that day but you know he, he he limited the number of entries in classes that way he's not overwhelmed yep. that way he knows how many transponders he needs that way he knows how much time things are going to take like if you open up to to everybody you might have 300 entries you might be there 16 hours in one day and have to come right back the next day and that's not good for any of the riders it's not good for any of the track crew it's not good for the fans either because everything is too spread out and in an indoor one thing that that happens if i don't know if you've been to an indoor carter but smoke it gets smoky in there Uh and sometimes fire marshals will come in and shut you down so if you have too many bikes non-stop racing you have to stop let the building air out you have to work on the racetrack so it doesn't sound like he'll have that as one of his problems yeah. and so it's 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 good that he's planned on all these things and so much more but uh enough about that what do you got going on this weekend you're headed to charlotte you're, you're in charlotte when this comes out you're yeah yeah Tuesday I'm, of this week i'm uh, i'm going up to the mountains the brothers got a, a nice little retreat for friends and family here for what well hold on is it the brother with the dog that's why you're going. All right. It might, it might be. Well, I'm going to definitely <laughs> spend the night there uh, the first night the inst- instead of my, my mother and my father's place because the pooch With is the there. But my mother yeah. doesn't listen to this podcast, I don't think so. Sneak, Sorry, sneaker? mom, if you hear it. Sneaker? Sneaker. The cutest damn yeah. puppy to ever live in this earth. Um, little French right. bulldog puppy. Cute as so hell. You're going from you're going from there, hanging out with the family, and then going up to Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go spend a few days in the mountains uh, and on this little trip, and then uh, go back hang out with family for a bit, and then I'm going up to Pennsylvania. I'll be there up there a couple a uh, couple days ahead of time to uh, kind of just you know get the lay of the land, see what's going on with Johnny, maybe make some content for uh, him and Moto Anatomy and all that stuff that he's got going on there, and, and then uh, yeah, and left out, and then we'll uh, be doing some stuff covering that race. Right on. And I, then, I be, and then, what? What? I, I was like, I, I might be doing a motocross race this weekend. There's a, a a big race, a turkey run, they call it down here in Norman, Oklahoma. Waiting to hear back from them. Uh, the following weekend, I'm headed up to Albany for an arena cross. So nice. uh, it's getting crazy. And then, and then Thanksgiving will be here. So yeah, I'm a. I don't even. I'm not even thinking about Thanksgiving this week or this year because it's like to me, it's just going to be flat track. I might be hanging out with Sammy for for Thanksgiving though. But I might do Turkey Day with Sammy. That'd be fun. And Carlo. And Carlo. That'd be super cool. Yeah. Um, That'd be awesome. But yeah, and then uh, I might have purchased a plane ticket to Milwaukee. So. You, you might have that's, yeah that's not tell oh that's december the third i think it's the yeah, week after the i know yeah where are you man you're gonna be all over the place yes that's what i do Car- <laughs> carter's all over yeah i try to be cool man um, well, i know we gotta wrap it up we can run out of time over there but uh thanks to all of our patrons thanks to all of our listeners smash that like button tell all your friends about us here on off the groove uh midday here recording on a tuesday but so you guys can enjoy it this friday Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace!
Friday, November 12th, 2021, episode number 2000. Never mind. Man. Episode number 200. Episode number two. Episode number two hundred and seven. 